0: Amen. God has emotions. He gets emotional when his children bring offerings the way he likes it. (laughs) Glory to God. Amen. So here we see that this offering, these burnt offerings, and I want you to really spend some time in this this week. Read chapter 1, read chapter 2. Get a grasp of what he's talking about. Chapter 1 is all about burnt offerings. I want you to notice this. Verse 3. Again, verse 2 says, Speak unto the children of Israel and say unto them, If any man of you bring an offering. How many were supposed to bring an offering? All. And We saw that when we read um, in Exodus today during the offering that they were all to bring an offering, both what? Man and woman. All were to bring an offering. So does that leave anybody out? No. But you say, well, not everyone can afford an offering. Says who? So you got something you can give. I remember Bishop Butler talking about how he'd be in a service and he would refuse to not bring an offering. He'd put pencils in the offering. I got a watch up there in the safe today. Somebody put an offering of a watch inside. Because now they, they don't have a watch on their wrist anymore. Why? Because they gave it to God. Why did they give it to God? Because they wanted to bless him. They wanted to give God something that would cost them something. Because they realized that God has given everything. And it cost him something. It cost him something to give Jesus. When you give offerings, it should be a reflection of your appreciation to what he has done. Chapter 2 talks about meat offerings. Go to chapter 2. But you should cross out the word meat, M-E-A-T, because meat gives you the wrong idea. You think of meat, you think of beef or lamb. It's not meat. Meat there is talking about food, a food offering. And specifically, it's talking about wheat flour, crushed wheat flour. And they would take this crushed wheat flour, and they would bring it, and they'd put olive oil on it. Well, we, we use butter today. They used olive oil. And so they'd put olive oil on it. Then they'd put frankincense on it. Frankincense, do you know what happens to it when you burn it? it smells really good. So they would take a portion of that meat offering and they'd give it to the Levites because God said that part belongs to the Levites. Just a portion. And it was part of the wheat, part of the flour, and all the frankincense. It would go to the, to the priest. And now the priest and the believer would work together to offer up that offering to God. Because the priest was the one who had to take the wood and burn the wood and then take the offering and put it on the wood. The believer couldn't do that. But the the priest could not offer the offering without the believer because the believer had to bring the offering. Are you all getting this? So you had to bring your offering for the priest to have something to work with. And then they would offer it unto God. The offering was of your choice and what you had. We see, if you back up to chapter 1, we see that the people that were really rich, verse 5, would bring a bullock because that was the most expensive. Then we see that those that didn't have as much money would bring a lamb. Then those that didn't have as much money for a lamb, they would bring a bird. And every one of these would be received of the priest, and then the priest would take it and offer it the way God commanded it. But everyone had to bring an offering for sin. Everyone. Everyone had to bring an offering for sin. What does it mean when you bring an offering for sin? It means that you understand that you must have a Savior. And without a Savior, you will die in your sins. Well, do we offer a sacrifice today for sin? No. I'm, I'm a little bit ahead of myself. Let me back up for just a minute. Chapter 1 of Leviticus is about bringing the offering for sin. Chapter 2 of Leviticus is about bringing the meat offering, which is a food offering. The food offering is not for sin. But the food offering is a reflection or a manifestation of your thankfulness for The animal offering for sin. Did you get that? The offering which is food is a thanksgiving offering for the blood offering for sin. We don't offer the blood sacrifice for sin today, but we offer the meat offering. What's the meat offering? It's your thanksgiving to God for his unspeakable gift. See, the people who will end up perishing in their sins are the ones who forget that they were once purged by the blood of Jesus. Because it's only that blood that will cause the forgiveness of sins. When you give thanks to God, you're activating your faith in that blood of Jesus. And if you bring an offering in thanksgiving for what he has done, you're not doing it to try to purchase your redemption of sin. You're doing it to give thanks. Whoo! Hallelujah! Do you see that? So your offering is connected to your thankfulness. Little offering, little thanks. Think about it now. Think about it now. You see, in the Book of Acts, they brought everything to the apostles' feet. They brought everything. They didn't bring no little offerings. Who is quiet in here? (laughs) Glory to God! Are you all seeing this? Go to Hebrews thirteen. We're about fixing to close. Hebrews thirteen. Are you getting anything out of this today? We've got two more scriptures to go to after this one. Hebrews 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ, are you there? Yeah. Hebrews 13, verse 8. We're going to read down to verse 16. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday and today and forever. Be not carried about with divers and strange doctrines. For it is good thing that the heart be established with grace, not with meats. Let me read that again. It's good that the heart be established with grace, not with meat. What is meats? It means works. He's talking about doing things to try to earn or gain something. When you give thanks to God and you worship him with an offering, it's not to get something. It's to show and release a token of your gratefulness and your gratitude to God for what he has done. That's why we should get excited about being able to bring an offering to God. Amen. Amen. To God. To God. An offering to God. It's not to a bucket. It's not to a church. It's not to a charity. It's not to a man. To God. And remember, he says, let everything you do be an offering to him. Hallelujah. Which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. What's he talking about there? Somebody yell it out. What's he talking about? Who who have occupied in meats and in works? Those that kept the law. He says that it's better to be established in grace than in the law. Because the law will not profit. Right? Works won't profit. Nobody was perfect under the law, except for Jesus. He's the only one that could do it. And now he's abolished it, nailing it to the cross. Verse 10, now we have an altar. What do priests do with an altar? They offer sacrifices. We have an altar. Whereof they have no right to eat which serve the tabernacle. For the bodies of those beasts whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin are burned outside the camp. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered without the gate. What type of offering are we talking about here? We're talking about an offering for sin. We're talking about a blood offering. We're talking about an animal offering. Either a bullock, a... Lamb or a bird. Verse 12. Wherefore, Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Let us go forth, therefore, unto him outside the camp, bearing his reproach. For here we have no continuing city. In other words, we are not continuing here on the earth. Our heaven is in home. We have a holy city, the new Jerusalem, that we're looking for. But we seek one to come. That's the holy city, the heavenly Jerusalem. Verse 15. By him, by who? By Jesus, therefore, let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is what? The fruit of lips. Giving thanks to his name, but to do good and communicate, forget not, with such sacrifice, God is well pleased. So your sacrifice of praise and thanksgiving out of your mouth is your meat offering. Your your food offering is that of thanksgiving to God. And what are you thanking him for? The blood offering. And when you do and you put your faith in that blood offering, now your righteousness begins to come forth. Because your righteousness is not in your works, in the law, or anything you can do. It's in what he's already done. You're giving him thanks for his gift. Thanks for his blood. Glory to God. And you're bringing it to the Lord. Now let's go to Luke 7. And we'll try to close here. Luke 7. Anybody get anything out of this? Hallelujah. Now, you're gonna need to spend some time in this. You're gonna need to meditate this. You're gonna have to renew your mind in this. Because again, we have missed it in the body of Christ regarding our offerings. And so many times we've just calculated 10% and write a check and drop it in the bucket. But it's from our head, it becomes works. It's good that the heart be established in grace, not in meats. That you be established in grace, not in works. Not in becoming a robot, becoming a mechanic. God gets no pleasure in that. He gets pleasure when when you give that offering from gratitude in your heart. You're thankful to God that you're on your way to heaven. You're thankful to God that you've been redeemed from hell. You're thankful to God that he is your helper. You're thankful to God that he lives inside you. You're thankful to God he's made you a king and a priest. Glory to God. So your offering is not paying for something. It's not fulfilling an obligation. It's saying, Father, thank you for what you have done. Thank you. And then he sees it and the fire comes. And it burns it and an odor goes up to the to the throne of God and God smells oh that's acceptable that's well pleasing <laughs> glory Luke 7 oh we're having fun now glory to God This is our year of the great grace of God. We are understanding that it's not about works. It's not about religion. It's not about what you can do. It's about what he's already done. It's a finished work and we're getting revelation so we can walk in the things of the spirit. A whole new place. There's an awakening coming to the body of Christ. There is an awakening. God's people are going to be waking out of slumber for a minute. And they're gonna have a chance to go out and buy oil and trim their lamps and be ready for the bridegroom is coming. There's an awakening coming. You are an instrument God wants to use to wake up the body of Christ. But you gotta be awake first. Shande Ketista. Glory. That's what the Holy Ghost said. I'm trying to read this scripture. Luke 7. Hallelujah. Verse 36. We'll finish here. Glory. Glory. Luke 7, verse 36. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down to meet, to eat food. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner. Say a sinner. Sinner. And you know what made her a sinner? Is because she knew she was a sinner. You remember the Pharisee said that if you knew that you were a sinner, then you would be free from your sin. But because you don't know, you're not free. You have to first recognize. And she recognized it. And she knew that Jesus sat at meat or sat at at a dinner table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment and stood at his feet behind him crying. And she began to wash his feet with her tears. You see the humility here? Do You see the brokenness? God says that that he gets pleasure in a broken and a contrite spirit. What's the opposite of a broken and a contrite spirit? Pride, stubbornness, hard-hearted. And stood at his feet behind him, weeping and crying, and began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head. Not even a towel, but her hair. And kissed His feet, she washed her feet, his feet with her tears. Then she kissed them and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, this Pharisee spoke to himself and said, This man, if he was really a prophet, would he not have known who and what manner of woman this is that toucheth him? For she is a sinner, See how righteous they are? See how righteous they think they are? They ain't righteous at all. They are in their sin because they don't think they're in sin. They think they're free because of the law and that makes them bound. Your works don't free you. It's your faith in God. And Jesus answering. Now notice, what is he answering? He's answering the man's thoughts and using it to teach. And he says, Jesus answering said unto him, Simon, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And he said, Master, say on. There was a certain creditor which had two debtors. The one owned 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, how much did they have? See, You and I do not have anything to buy our redemption. Nothing to cover our sins. There's no work. There's no sacrifice. There's nothing. That's why the heart's got to be established in grace, not in works. There's nothing you can do. Not enough candles you can light. Not enough money you can give. Not enough anything you can do. It's all what Jesus has done. And when they had nothing say nothing Nothing. to pay he frankly forgave them both tell me therefore which of them will love the most think about it don't read on yet who's gonna love the most the one who had more forgiven now if they both had nothing to pay they couldn't pay it period what really becomes more Only the one who recognizes the value of the Redeemer. I mean, if you have, if you owe 50 and you owe 500, but neither of you can pay, you're both in the exact same condition. Because you got nothing to pay. Period. You'll never be able to pay it. You don't have it. Who is going to love more? The one who. Who realizes how valuable the price of that debt cancellation is. We, our sins have been canceled. But someone is going to realize more how much it's been canceled. And the person who realizes it more is the one who's going to love the most. But the truth is, not one was forgiven more than the other That's right. because all of us were on our way to hell That's right. before Jesus shed his blood.